If you were here earlier tonight at our 5 o'clock or 7.30 worship, you know I used some pictures and a news story as inspiration for my children's sermon with the kids. There was this one picture of a dad who had a cochlear implant tattooed on his scalp so that his daughter wouldn't feel so different or alone because of her need for a real cochlear implant as a child. And then there was this guy who climbed up on stage at the ballet when his little girl had a meltdown before her recital. He saved the day by going through the motions and doing all the moves right along with her in the end. He looks more like a football player than a ballerina. All of that was about talking to the kids about the lengths God would go to, the lengths that God did go to in the coming of Jesus, to be like us, to look like us, to live and move and breathe like us, to be vulnerable, to take some risks, and to show us love that the whole world could see. With all that in mind, then, I saw a commercial that took this notion to a whole nother level, which might have been a little much for the little ones at the earlier services on Christmas Eve, but that I thought would be okay for a more serious, grown-up sermon at 11 o'clock. It is a commercial for J&B Whiskey, where just like those real-life dads, there is a grandfather with a lesson to teach about Christmas, too, I think. can't forget a trace of pleasure or regret maybe my treasure or the price I have to pay she may be the song that summer sings maybe the chill that autumn brings maybe a hundred different things within the measure of a day
take her laughter and her tears For where she goes I've got to be The meaning of my life is This commercial made me think about Christmas, not just because of the lights and the food and the family gathering and the whiskey. All of it made me think about Christmas because just like those dads, what that grandfather did for his grandchild is very much like what God does in Jesus for the sake of the world. Not just learn to put on makeup, of course, or dress up in different clothes. But he goes out of his way to try to see and to learn and to understand and to embody what would matter so much for this child that he loves. To become like him enough to understand how to help and encourage and love and reveal the fullness of his humanity to other people and to himself. To show him with tangible actions and with visible means of grace what love looks like in the flesh with no strings attached and no judgment at all. To become like him enough to show him the ropes. To risk becoming vulnerable himself so that the child could be brave and vulnerable too. Again, for my money, all of that is exactly what God does in Jesus for all of us at Christmas. Max Lucado describes the incarnation of Jesus in a way that I've always liked. He says, The one who played marbles with the stars gave it up to play marbles with marbles. The one who hung the galaxies gave it up to hang door jams. He says that God went from needing nothing to needing air and food, a tub of water and salts for his tired feet. That he resisted the urge to fry the two-bit self-appointed hall monitors of holiness who dared suggest he was doing the work of the devil. That he refused to defend himself when blamed for every sin of every slut and sailor since Adam. That he stood silent as a million guilty verdicts echoed in the tribunal of heaven. God did all of that for me, for you, for the sake of the whole wide world. Nadia Boltzweber 
She often describes the incarnation of Christ, the coming of God in Jesus, like this. She says that God's loving desire to be known overflowed the heavens and became manifest in the rapidly dividing cells inside the womb of an insignificant peasant girl in first century Palestine. This is a God who slipped into skin and walked among us full of grace and truth with sand between his toes and who ate with all the wrong people and who kissed lepers and touched the unclean and spoke through thirsty women and hungry men and who from the cross didn't lift a finger to condemn the enemy but instead said, I would rather die than be in the sin-counting business anymore. God did that for me and for you and for the sake of the whole wide world. Yours truly would say that in the birth of Jesus, God chooses to own all of our brokenness, all of our flaws, all of our weakness, all of our sins and sickness, the ones that embarrass or scare or shame us the most, God gathers it all together in the simple shape and form of a person, just like you and me. Someone we could look at and see. Someone we could listen to and laugh with someone whose hand we could shake and whose shoulder we could cry on. And in Jesus, then, God shows us how to walk around in our own flawed and forgiven skin, in our own weak but redeemable flesh, in our own sick and dying but healing and heaven-bound souls. And in Jesus, God's word made flesh, we're invited to see, too, that what the world calls flawed may not be. What the world deems weak may be exactly the opposite. What the world sees as broken may be just precisely as God designed it to be. And in Jesus, God teaches us to be humble because of that. And vulnerable and brave and full of faith and hope and love enough so that we might embody some measure of that kind of grace and good news for someone else who needs it too. Maybe that means getting a tattoo or dancing on a stage or putting on makeup, who knows. Maybe it means being more generous than you thought you could be 
or confessing your sins and meaning it, or asking for forgiveness or extending mercy to someone who could use it just as much as you. Maybe it means making peace with an enemy or loving a neighbor just as much as yourself. Maybe it means simply recognizing the blessed and beloved humanity in someone because they are God's child. And so are you. And so are we. And giving thanks that Christ the Savior is born to prove that for us all. Amen. Merry Christmas.